Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Let's pray, hey? Lord, we just thank you for a great morning together. We thank you that you are here with us, Holy Spirit. We ask you to move, speak to our hearts, shape us and strengthen us and fill us with everything that you've got for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, look, I want to just sort of continue on from from last week. Last week, I titled it Mastering Me. And the good part about this is everyone gets to relax because I'm just talking to myself. And... uh, so there's no pressure on. You can just, you know, chill and, uh, and take it easy. If any of this is relevant for you, then enjoy it. Uh, but most of this is for me, okay? Galatians 5, but the, fruit, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. This is a lifelong journey for all of us. Uh, Follow the leading of the Spirit in every area of our lives. That is a mouthful right there, isn't it? And uh, as I explained last week, this fruit of the Spirit called self-control, which I believe is one of the most underrated fruits of the Spirit, um, is very, very important. And it's very um, transformative when we dig deep into what does self-control mean. As I explained last week, uh, a bit of an explanation of the Greek word means dominion or mastery of within. Dominion within oneself, but not of oneself because we need his dominion to actually gain dominion in our lives. Just purely self-helping can only do so much. And uh, Plato said, the first and best victory is to conquer self. And that is true statement, but it can only be done in the power of Jesus Christ. Because there's a whole lot of self-help, there's a whole lot of achievements, there's a whole lot of betterment, improvement that we can gain in our human lives. But it all falls short if it's done outside of Christ. Because it's momentary. It won't last. We might become better human beings and help a few people along the journey. But if it's outside of Christ and everyone else isn't influenced by Him, then it really is of little significance in eternity, isn't it? And uh, most of us, uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's not such a significant thing. But a lot of people have a BC, a before Christ. I sort of rolled into Christianity. Do you know what I mean? And some people, some others have done that. You just sort of migrated into the flock over maybe months or years. Uh, but some people have a clear line, a BC. And if you have a BC, then you will know that your time before Christ was, was a certain amount of time, but depending on how long now you've been a WC, uh, with Christ, uh, some people might be thinking, what, a WC? Where are we going with this thing? That'll show how old you are. <laughs> but, 
But a BC and then your life with Christ are very different, but both flow very, very quickly. Your BC might be really big. It might be 30, 40, 50 years, but it's gone now. And now you're with Christ. And, and then we have another life, which I can't think of a good acronym for, so we'll just call it eternity, which is a very, very long time. And that's our life with Jesus in heaven, eternity. It's forever. And so this little piece of life that we get to invest and steward and enjoy here, it's very important that we do it well. And the truth is that conversion to Christ is very different than regeneration. Conversion and transformation might be a more modern term to use. Conversion and transformation are different. Conversion begins the process of transformation, but transformation never ends, kind of like sanctification. We keep understanding more, and, and we might have taken communion this morning and just reapplied some things to the cross and, and asked the Lord to forgive us of some things. Why do we need to do that? It's because His sanctifying power is everlasting and all-powerful, but we continually need it. We continually need to drink of his blood and drink of his fresh forgiveness because that sinful nature that Galatians 5 talks about keeps wanting to come back and chase us down. Maybe your BC comes and tries to chase you down. This is why we have the cross because it's a dividing line. And the conversion experience when we came to Jesus begins this process of mastering oneself from within. And then we begin to influence on the outside. Where does this power, where does this source come from? Psalm 121 says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And maybe you felt like that before, where you're just sort of looking around, you're going, where on earth am I going to get the resources? Am I going to get the help that I need to get out of this situation? Because it can be a lonely journey living with Jesus. You know, sometimes if you live for the flesh to feed the flesh, it can be more fun living a sinful life. It can be more momentarily satisfying just going out and doing what you want. But just like us as believers, when we when we have that conversion experience, when we see Jesus and we go, yeah, I want to live for him, we're living for some other reason. We have a different motivation. Otherwise, I would be at McDonald's breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day of the week. And then after about a week when I'm sick of that, it's, I'm moving on to whatever. I'm staking it out, just steak and steak, gravy, chips, everything. But it has an effect. It has an effect, doesn't it? I mean, maybe it doesn't on you, but it has an effect on me. I noticed it in, in my 30s. I look back on some photos of 20s, and I'm like, man, you can eat whatever you like. Just, I, I wish now I could tell myself, eat more junk back then. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't do it because you pay for it. But it's the same with a sinful life. We might not see it around the waistline, but our spirit knows it. Other people know it. Our soul knows it. Sin has an effect on our lives. And it weighs us down with guilt. It weighs us down. So what may seem like a momentary enjoyment is doing nothing for our life with Christ and nothing for eternity. We're probably going back and drinking from the trough of BC life. And it's not very good in there. It's very stale. And so where does our help come from? Verse 2, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's interesting at times like this, 
um, even around the world, and obviously with the US, there's a whole lot of turmoil going on right now. Uh, It's funny to um, see if, if we've been hanging our hopes on the US to save the world, then now more than ever, our eyes are open. It's not going to be the US who's going to save humanity. It never was going to be the US that's going to save humanity. And even some US people need to hear that, to be honest with you. I love them and I bless them. But sometimes, you know, the the world's central around them. And so it's actually sometimes God will allow us to eat ourselves so that we will turn to his sovereign power and say, God, we can now see that we aren't good enough. We need the maker of heaven and earth. And the U.S. needs the maker of heaven and earth. It doesn't just need another maneuver. And and if you're like me, you're a little political secret addict where you want to know what's going on and checking things out. Uh, and, and you look at stuff and, you know, there's prophets now re- recanting their prophecies and coming out. That's because God is the maker of heaven and earth, not the latest prophet. And it, it's, it's reassuring, isn't it? It's reassuring that God is in control and that he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's allowing. And if we read scripture, you know, the darkness will get darker, but the light will shine brighter. And it's, one, it's what are we going to focus on? <laughs> what are we going to focus on? We want to focus on what we can control. We can't control what Twitter sensitizes or what's being said here or what's being done there. And it will probably get a whole lot worse. Let's be honest. You know, that, that side of uh, media and social media and, and everything that is controlling of that will probably get worse. So let's not be surprised. But God is the maker of all things. So where does our help come from? It comes from him. So let's not be surprised when we hear of some latest thing or, you know, the, you know obviously there's the, the left wants to cancel everything. So basically, you know, we're just going to have nothing we can say, nothing we can do. It's plastic society. However, God is in control. And so somehow in and through that, even we can be tempted to become fearful sometimes of what is this going to mean? What's going to happen? Do you know, nothing is new under the sun. I've been reading Ecclesiastes lately, and it's, it's a weird book, but it's one of these books you just sort of you fall asleep for a few chapters, and then you go, boom, wow, that was good. And then you fall asleep again for you know, another few paragraphs, and there's another bit of wisdom coming out. In fact, today's sermon was going to be wisdom from Ecclesiastes. Um, but anyway, that's for another day. But it's, it's so interesting that when the world is in turmoil, and, and let's be honest, the world has been in more turmoil than it's in right now. If you look at history, the world has been in worse situations with millions being slaughtered. Uh, and if you think from outside a Western world grid for a moment, which is hard for us to do, you think of the genocides in Africa. You think, of, you know, Cambodia. You think of some of the things that have been done around the world in the last few thousand years. Nothing is new under the sun. And so if we think the earth is being shaken more than ever now, we don't know history. If we get worried about everything that's going on and we're so Americanized as, as I am, uh, then we can begin to get a humanistic view of what God might be up to and what he isn't up to. Let me remind you that no one saw a lot of this stuff coming and no one will see a whole lot of stuff that is yet to come. That's because God is the maker of heaven and earth and he's in control. Our trust is in him. 
And sometimes the simple things are the best. He will not let your foot slip. He who watch over you, watches over you will not slumber. He is not asleep. He is not worried. He is not out you know, doing something else right now. He is fully in control. And his eyes are looking to and fro. <laughs> That's what the Bible says, looking to and fro, looking at us, seeing what we're doing, what we're saying, what we're believing. And so when we stand in situations like this, maybe we need to look to the mountains and just ask God some questions. Our help comes from him. We may be going through a challenge. Maybe there's some trials. Maybe there's some doubts and fears and situations that we're facing. Or maybe everything's rosy. And it's good if you're in rosy land, stay there as long as you possibly can. It's a good place. But Romans 5 verses 3 to 5 has some really everlasting words of encouragement for us. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Let me just read that again because this is not something I have perfected yet. I'm nearly there. But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. If you are going through a challenge right now, you are in a good place. You're in God's perfect place for you because He wants to speak to you, shape you, and mold you and do some things in your life that He could not achieve in any other way. There's no other way he could do it other than allow us to walk through some of these doubts, walk through some of these challenges. It is a powerful place when we can give testimony to him when we are going through struggles. I remember um, when our business was really looking like it was, it was going to just fold and, and we were, uh, who knows what we were going to have to do, lose everything maybe and and uh, I remember having to do some devotions um, to, to some different groups. And I remember some mornings, Karen and I, we'd take it in turns on particular mornings of doing these devotions. And I, it was Wednesday mornings, I can remember it very clearly, um, because we'd wake up and like, you do devotions, you do devotions, you do devotions. This is how holy we are. Um, but, uh, you know, we just point the finger, you, you, and we're both just not feeling it. You know that feeling when you do not feel spiritual at all and you've got to actually do something and you know someone is expecting you to be spiritual and you point the finger to someone else? This is the perfect place to begin to speak. Don't ever feel like you are not qualified. Don't ever feel like you don't have the capacity right now because you're not really living a holy life like everyone else. Now, I'm not talking like habitual sin, you know, demonic lives and all that sort of stuff. I'm talking about normal uh, uh, battles between flesh and blood, normal living of doubts and fears of not feeling good enough. It is the perfect place. And this is what Paul's talking to here. I, th I believe he's just like imploring us saying, guys, don't worry. Sufferings will come. Trials will come. Challenges will come. But all of this comes about so that it can develop perseverance. It develops character in us. If we just get everything we want on a silver platter, we never get that character. Character forming. I remember some of those mornings going to those things if, it was, if I lost the argument and I had to do it. Then I, I would go and I would literally, the Bible says, set your face like flint. And that's exactly what we would do some, to set our faces like flint. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter if I get the, phone, the, the disastrous phone call. The minute I walk out of this, I've got to go in there and sheer faith. 
and you just go in sheer faith and you speak the truth. Even if you don't believe it, you still speak it anyway because it's God, God's Word, not ours. And sometimes we just have to step right out, out, out. We can't even see the floor we're about to walk on. We step out because it's the Word of God. Not, it's not our Word. And we speak it anyway. And he loves that faith because it's developing character. It's developing that deep well of reserves that each of us need and have. And we dive into that reserve and we realize it wasn't about us anyway. Because people came up to us after and said, wow, that was a phenomenal devotion. You must have been meditating for hours on that thing. (laughs) Isn't it interesting? How many opportunities of influence and, and God's glory to others have been stifled by ourselves doubting the moment. Doubting ourselves. Don't doubt yourself. If God's giving you an opportunity, if he gives you a platform, if he gives you an openness of influence to give him glory, then just trust him and do it. Trust him and do it and know that he is with you and people are going to be blessed because of it. Perseverance. I don't like this word, but I like the result perseverance, character, hope. Perseverance, character, hope. I've, I've memorized this verse because it challenges me to remember those tough times, those doubts, those fears, those struggles, those limitations, and those situations we do not have an answer for. They're all going somewhere. There's a purpose in the pain. There's a purpose in the confusion. There's a purpose in the sufferings because he wants to develop hope in our lives. Why? So that we can hope against hope like Abraham. So that we can hope when others aren't hoping. When others might be shrinking back, we're stepping forward. When others are questioning, well, why, why do you still believe what you believe? You've got even greater hope. Because you can step forth in a way that you've faced those battles before. And you'll know that when you've been able to conquer certain battles, you have even greater faith for the big ones, don't you? Because you know that you, you survived the last one. You thought you were going to die at step one. Here you are at step seven. You're still alive. You have great hope because you know the journey. The, the, one of the things that I think that really encourages me whenever... I am perhaps either down on myself or the situations or maybe just things aren't moving in the direction that I think they should be. And, and I begin to you know, dwell on, okay, where are we going with this thing? Uh, maybe it's a New Year thing that you've been even asking yourself questions. Why am I doing this? What's my purpose? What's my vision? What's my passion? What, you know, what are all these questions? I think verses like, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 are really good to focus in on. And God is able to bless you abundantly. See, this is, I'm finishing with a good bit. Do you see that? I've learned this over the years. I used to finish with a bang and a bad bit. Just, I'm kidding. And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. When we master what's within, and we listen and gain intimacy with who is within, then I believe we've got some really powerful keys to succeeding in this life. And succeeding in this life is only part of the equation. Succeeding in the next life is the most important. And that's what conversion, salvation, that's what Christ is all about, it's what his blood, it's what the cross is all about. But I believe he does put a mandate, he does put a call on each one of us to master 
what's within so that we can be as best testimony as, as we possibly can be, as frail as we are. And we are, we're frail. But we are little shining lights of Jesus' hope in this world. Otherwise, he would just come down and do it himself today. But he's not. For some reason, he's not. He's left you and me with some form of heavenly responsibility to testify of the glory of God here on earth. For a time, it's not forever. But we have this eternal hope that pulls us forward into what we like to call transformation. Transformation into his likeness, spirit, soul, and body. So that we can, as, as one being, be as powerful testimony for the glory of God as we possibly can be. And it's a challenging thought. And it never ends until we're, we get a perfect body. I mean, you know, isn't that going to be amazing? You know, there's going to be billions of Arnold Schwarzeneggers and, you know, I won't pick a lady because I'm going to, you know, that's just going to, I'll let you ladies select. But dangerous ground, Jonah. Remember I had, don't do these things while you're preaching. That was one of them. We're having mentoring sessions on preaching. What, right now? But anyway. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all, that's a lot of all, isn't it? That's a lot of all. All things. That means even in the doubts and the fears that you have about next week and about next month, he has an abundant supply for that very thing, for that very person that you're having a struggle with or a trial with. God has abundant supply to gain victory in that situation. And it's not a knockout. <laughs> yeah, for you boxers or MMA fighters, you'll know what I mean. It's, it's not just one, one hit wonder where they're just gone out of your life. Maybe it's a transformation redemption that's going to take place in that situation. Maybe it's wisdom that you're going to receive or the other person's going to receive. Or maybe it's in, in your finances, in your life, in your career, your job, your study, other areas of your life. God wants you to be abundant. And not just in abundance so you can flash some cash around, but Bitcoin is going up right now, everyone. But anyway, we're just getting off track many times. Another one, Jonah, strike that out. God is able to bless you abundantly in all things and at all times. Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I believe this is possible for each of us in the room to abound in every area of our lives. There will be... Areas of our lives that are harder to gain victory than others. That's a fact. And it's different for everyone in the room. But he wants you to abound. Remember that this week when you're facing struggles or doubts or fears about yourself, he wants you to abound in that. He doesn't think that about you. He doesn't have a negative thought about you. He only has good thoughts about you. Isn't that nice? He only has good thoughts about you. And even if he's putting his finger on some things like he does for me and continually does, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? The process of sanctification and bringing more into his likeness. It's one of those things that he wants to bring us out of pain, not into pain. Sometimes we think the work of the Holy Spirit pushes us into pain. Oh, no, he's revealing something else. Oh, no, that, leave that stone. Don't turn it over. I'm not going there. But he wants to bring us out of that pain because it's there anyway. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the cross is redemption. Redemption, forgiveness, freedom. The Spirit of the Lord brings freedom. 
And so that's why when we're looking around and we're sort of wondering, how can I improve my life? How can I improve situations? Go deeper within. You can never go deep enough. And I mean that in a way that you can never, uh, I believe anyway, you can never ask the Lord to transform you enough. But be ready when he does. Because he does. This is something I've learned that, you know, invariably if you pray a prayer, if you, if you ask him for something, he will actually give you it. But he may give it in a way where he'll uncover something. He'll remove the stone. He'll, he'll take a layer off and he'll begin a deeper work in our heart. And he'll say, come on, I want to make you free. I want to show you freedom like you've never had before. I want to give you freedom in this area that's bound you in chains for decades. He doesn't want us in chains, limited restricted. He wants us free of this stuff. And maybe today's a good day to let a stone be unturned. And we did communion already and Karen led a great time this morning. So maybe you already dealt with some stuff. You got it out early. Good on you. But we'll give you an opportunity at the end to just let some stuff go. Let me tell you, do yourself the greatest favor of 2021. Let every chain be broken off your life. Let every chain be broken off your life. If it's self-rejection, get rid of it. Let that chain be broken off your life. If it's doubt and fear about everyone else in the world, let that chain be broken. Take on the nature of Christ because he's not doubtful or fearful about you or anyone else. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is in full control. He is at work now exactly like he was at work way back then. Exactly the same. Some people say, you know, he's, he's, he's doing a greater work now than ever before. No, he's not. He's always been doing a great work. He's never changed. Yesterday, today, and forever. He's exactly the same. And his power is always moving. His presence is always at the ready. And so sometimes us letting go of some of that stuff can be the greatest gift. Why don't you stand? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. I remember when, um, and I think Christianity can be like this, but I got a lot of business analogies because, just because I do. <laughs> but anyway, um, I remember after a couple of years of being in business, um, I, I got to the stage where we were being partially successful and, you know, growing. And I remember going to events and different functions and having people visit the factory. And there was a piece of me, because it was kind of still new and I was still cutting cutting ground, so to speak, um, there was a part of me that felt, felt a bit like a fraud, that I'm not really a businessman, I'm not really successful. And I think sometimes the enemy can rob us of our victories by telling us we're a fraud. See, I was going somewhere with that. Sometimes the biggest victory, the biggest ticket we can give ourselves, the biggest prize we can give ourselves is just closing the door to the voice of the enemy. Closing, silencing the voice of the enemy because he is a liar. He is a thief. He is a stealer and he will steal and rob you of every bit of joy that God will ever give you. But God's Word says He wants you to have abundant life. God is able to bless you abundantly. This is God's Word over you. He wants you to have abundant life. If you thought you needed to live in poverty 
and you needed to be depressed to be holy or you need to be like a monk and separate yourselves because that's the holiest form of life. No, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And God's Word is true. So let's take a minute. You might just want to silence the enemy. Just pray and ask Holy Spirit to come. And if you've got restrictions or chains or limitations or anything holding you back today, don't let it go on for another year. Don't let confusion reign in your mind. Don't let doubt and fear pursue you this year because that's not God's Word over you. Let's lift our hands together. Lord, we just ask this morning that your Word would sharpen us like a double-edged sword, that you would cut off all of the lies of the enemy today. And I just speak over us your Word that says you want to abundantly bless us. Thank you, Father, that you are a good heavenly Father and that your banner over us is love and that your mercy abounds for us. Today, Lord, we lay down any doubts and fears and anxieties. We break off the chain of negativity. We silence the enemy in his negative, toxic words. His voice is nothing to us. And Lord, we choose your words. We choose you, Holy Spirit. Then we say, come, Lord Jesus, reign in our minds, reign in our life, reign in our relationships, reign in our finances, reign in our business, our career, our study. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. Let your kingdom come. Let your power be released. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord, that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, and everywhere all across this earth. There's nowhere that we can go from His presence. Nowhere. So we might as well get in. And get every piece of him that we possibly can. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would enable us to have dominion with our own lives, within our families, our sphere of influence. Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill us afresh today with your voice, with your life, your truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's just worship for a couple of minutes.